things we wish people would have told us about pregnancy, motherhood, and post-frickin-partum. You know what's crazy, right? Is we're all women. We all go through the same things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're going to say. Like, <laughs> Why did no one warn us? Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> for hundreds of thousands of years, people have been going through this. Why is it still such a mystery? <laughs> I, love I don't this. understand that. This is such a good episode. I love this. <laughs> for those of you guys that are here for the first time, I am Bianca. I'm a work-at-home mom to two little girls. And I'm Crystal. I'm a stay-at-home mom to two littles. And this is the Messy Buns and Coffee Runs podcast. This is a no-bullshit girl talk through all things mamahood and lifestyle where there's a place for everyone. Here's one thing I want to say before we get started. We do not advertise giving mothers unsolicited advice over here. We all know how much we don't like that. But if she is going to ask, can we please talk about something more than just sleepless nights and stretch marks? Absolutely. I feel like there's so many things when I was pregnant that nobody warned me about. Or even postpartum, like the freaking hair loss. Oh, okay. Before we get into it, let's, let's start off with the journey, right? You're pregnant now. You have this, you're with child and your womb is full of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Round ligament pain is a bitch. It's basically from your uterus, like um, expanding the muscles around like all your belly or the, the lower half of your belly, like start to stretch so they get sore. No one told me that while it's stretching, first of all, it fucking hurts, but that when you sneeze, it would freaking <gasps> Oh my goodness. That pain. I would have oh. to hold my stomach. Yeah. I'm really like prepare for the sneeze. Get in the fetal position before you sneeze, yes. ladies, because it will fucking hurt. And I had no idea that was even a fucking thing. My eyes would like roll back in the back of my head when I sneeze from the pain. I remember the first time that happened to me, I was like, is that what a contraction feels like? Because I had no idea. I okay. had to Google it because I was like, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> They're a lot worse. <laughs> Another thing, you're not going to show right away. I noticed mm-hmm. that with Ben, I felt like I showed very soon, but what it was was a ton of swelling. I was really, really bloated with Yeah, ben. like in the wa- extra water your body's carrying. Yes. You're not going to show probably until like honestly halfway through your pregnancy. Oh, yeah. Because the baby's still too small. But um, what you're experiencing is probably a lot of swelling. So a lot of belly pics I took were just a whole lot of swelling. So, oh, yeah. My bad. Another thing that nobody freaking tells you about pregnancy that absolutely drives me crazy is... Fuck all the creams, the oils, and everything. Stretch marks are genetic, you guys. Listen to me. Listen to me. Repeat (laughs) after me. Stretch marks are genetic. There's nothing you can do about them. Now, there's things you can do to help them. hydrate your belly. Keep your belly hydrated. But at the end of the day... If you're going to get them... They are genetic. You're you're bound to get get them. them. You're just one of the unlucky ones. Good luck to you. It's just the way it is. I feel like on especially mom's pages... The amount of remedies, people are like, I did this, this, and that, and I never got stretch marks. It's like, no, Becky, you didn't get stretch marks because <laughs> you freaking use castor oil or coconut oil on your belly. You just like won the genetic lottery. Good for you. Yeah, exactly. I used a lot on my belly. I did the cocoa butter and I did coconut oil. Crystal, I started getting stretch marks so early on. It was disgusting. You know what's funny about that is no two pregnancies are the same. I wish someone would have told me that too because Ben and Camila pregnancy, day and night. But with Ben, I got no stretch marks. And with Camila, I got them on top of my belly where you could see them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's it's just the way that the world works. It sucks. Another thing I want to mention, this kind of is, doesn't really fall into the topic too much, but speaking of pregnancy, you guys do not listen to those wives' tales. They are so inaccurate. Okay, <laughs> my pregnancies could not have been more opposite. With Annabelle, I craved only salty, Vivian only sweet. I Annabelle sat a lot lower on my belly. Vivian sat up a lot higher. I had the line, that dark line. It went mm-hmm. up to my to my chest, to my pelvis with Annabelle, but only from my pelvis to my belly button with Vivian. Every old wife's tale was complete opposite, and I had two girls. You want to know something funny about that is no one told me about the line that you get on your belly. Mm. It's called linea negra, and mm-hmm. it goes from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, and it I, doesn't go away right after birth. It takes oh my months God, it doesn't. to go away. I thought it went away right away. You probably, if you're lucky, you don't get it. But if you do, I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. It's just gonna come, right? Mine had started fading when I was when I got pregnant of Vivian, and then it came right back. Oh yeah, because I got pregnant. I got pregnant when Annabelle was ten months old. You want to know something funny? Like something else. Speaking of dark, <laughs> no one told me that your nipples grow. I had yes. big old pepperoni nipples. Okay, so I read somewhere that your and my nipples got darker, like my mine areolas. were so dark. I read that it's because it's supposed to give your baby like a target, like yeah, so they can to see it better. Me. 
I was disgusted with my boobs when I was pregnant. Absolutely disgusted. I couldn't yeah, even look at them. Yeah, they look weird. I felt like I had two freaking huge pepperonis on my fucking chest. Like, but it is. It's supposed to give the baby basically target practice to make it dummy proof. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things that I wanted to touch on a little bit is people expect pregnancy to, yes, it's uncomfortable and we all know it, but they think that it's supposed to be this blissful time. Oh, hmm. some people have really bad pregnancies and it's okay. It's totally okay to hate being pregnant. I feel like that's not normalized enough. No, it is perfectly. I love being a mom. And we talked about this on the last episode of how much I love being a mom and being a stay at home mom. But I'm telling you right now, I don't, other than the perks of being pregnant, which is, I noticed everybody was really nice to me, even perfect strangers and everybody wants to do everything for me. I fucking hate being pregnant. I really was uncomfortable, especially with Camila. Oh my God. I was never sleeping. My back was killing me. I had like the, the hips where they come apart. I forgot what it's called. Pubic symphysis, something. Um, it's where you like, feel like your hips are like floating. So it hurts to even move from one side to the other. Like when you're sleeping, Uh I hate being pregnant. I don't enjoy being pregnant. I hope with my next one, I hear if you know it's your last baby, you'll enjoy the pregnancy. Um, False. But I fucking don't like being pregnant. The breathing, you can't fucking breathe because the baby's pushing up yeah. on your lungs. Mm-hmm. I had a really rough second pregnancy. <laughs> Annabelle's pregnancy was pretty easy besides the gestational diabetes. The second pregnancy was physically, it took a toll on my body. I couldn't move towards the end. I ended up getting, what do they call it? Like SPD or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just Google it. It's fucking horrendous. Um, I had to have Ethan help me sit up in the middle of the night. It was pa- the most painful thing in the world. Remember, we were at your house. Uh, I couldn't I had sit still. Same, I had the same thing with Camila. That's what it is—the pubic, the pubic symphysis thing. Yeah, um, it's uh, it not was so painful. And while I loved being pregnant and like growing the life inside of me and feeling her kick and just all of the fun things about pregnancy, I loved it. It took such a toll on my body that it took me so long to recover. It's not even just the recovery of the birth that you have to recover from. It's the recovery from the pregnancy. Like, yeah. Oh my, just, it's a nine, 10 month long process. You don't get over in a day, which is what I hate that people expect. Like, okay, you popped out the baby. You're fine. Bitch. No, no, this I'm not. It's like a year long process to make this baby. It's going to take me a year long process to freaking recover. Another thing, when you get pregnant, I don't know if this happened with you, but like when you first get pregnant, especially since it's like almost like in lieu of your period, you discharge like crazy at the beginning. Oh yeah. I oh always my God, I was wish someone scared. told me that. I was always scared in the beginning because every time I felt something, I always felt that I was going to bleed or something. Because I also had, I had two miscarriages prior and so I was super, you know, on edge. <clears throat> and so every time I would feel like wet or something, I would think I was bleeding and I was like yeah. ready to bawl my eyes. I would run to the bathroom and guys, don't freak out over it. It's totally normal. It's yeah. okay. It's just your body trying to, you know, cleanse things out and... Your uterus is expanding. There's so much going on. It's disgusting, actually. Yeah, you're constipated. You get hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids are very common during pregnancy. I didn't get them with Ben, but I got them with Camila towards the end. But you want to know something else I didn't know? Was that, I don't know if you did, but um, you can leak milk oh, at yeah. the end of the pregnancy. I leaked so much. With, I didn't I know more it. with Camila than Ben. Yeah, I didn't know it, but I, mine only happened with Annabelle. Um, my bras would be stained. Yeah, every day like, it was disgusting. Or like if I was just wearing like a dress, like a no bra on around the house, um, it would leak through everything and all that like colostrum. I think it is. Yes, that first milk. Even it stains so bad. Where, even when you're like pregnant, wear um, the nipple shield or what are they called? Uh, pads, pa- nipple pads or breast pads, whatever. Wear them anyways towards the end of your pregnancy because they're ruin and stain your clothes and bras. That's what I permanently wear now, and I don't even leak that much now. I've been not breastfeeding for nine months. Um, but I still wear them just because of the, I do still like, um, oh, yeah. have let down when she's feeding and I will like a little bit leak through or whatever. And it smells so bad on your bras when yeah. we were at mom's house one day and I kept telling you, I feel like I smell and you're like, no, you're fine. Uh-huh. And that's what it was when I went to take a shower later on. Cause I was like, I just feel like I smell. Maybe mm-hmm. it's my clothes are dirty. And I didn't realize, um, it was the fact that my bra still had old milk on it. And I was like, oh, Ew. It it's so gross. Also, if you're pregnant, I saw this TikTok. Um, damn, I I want to say her TikTok name is like domestic dom, domestic blisters or something. I'll find it and link it. But her TikTok is the best account I think for moms who are struggling. If you're a mom and you happen to get pregnant with your kids closer together, it is okay to be fucking tired. I was so with Camila. I was so exhausted. 
from the pregnancy. Mind you, I had other things going on too. I was working, I was going to school, like there, and I had like a baby. But damn, like there were times where mm-mm, we'd watch TV all day long, and I'm like, homeboy, like it's I gotta relax, I gotta rest. I am freaking on my like Camila's putting me on my ass. It is hard being pregnant close to um, having another baby. It is not easy. It's all blissful the first time around. So I am actually going to offer a different perspective on that one. Okay, go for it. Because I was not, <clears throat> I was not like that at all with when I was pregnant with Vivian. And I actually had a really rough physical pregnancy with Vivian. I actually did 10 times more when I was pregnant with Vivian mm-hmm. with Annabelle than I did before. And I kind of pushed through the pain just because it was my last time. It was just going to be me and my girl. We did. So I was nine months pregnant. We were going to gymnastics every Saturday. And we had, and during, it was during the summer. And during the summer, the swim classes run differently. So during the regular months, it's like once or twice a week, every week. During the summer, they do it like two weeks, but it's Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. So every single day, Monday through Thursday, Annabelle and I would, and mind you, I love the swimming classes because it was mommy and me, and it kind of like gave me relief. So it kind of yeah. helped. Being but in the I pool was, when you're pregnant is the best. I was nine months pregnant going to swim classes. We were doing gymnastics. We went on all of our outings. We'd go to Target together. We did so much together. Do you, do you feel like part of that? Cause I know like something we haven't touched on yet that we should, but, um, about that second baby guilt, you always said that you used to say that when you were pregnant with Vivian, like, how am I supposed to love oh, another baby yes. as much as I love Annabelle? I had that bad. I didn't at all. I didn't mm-hmm. honestly did not feel like guilty, not even a little bit that like I was taking away any attention. Mind you, I was working and maybe I was already a stay at home mom at that point. And Ben mm-hmm. and I had a routine and we were doing everything more than just like, you know, um, the bare minimum maybe would have been different, but I really felt like no guilt getting pregnant with the second. No, I was, I had a really hard time with my second pregnancy. I felt so guilty that I felt like I didn't have as much of a connection as I did with Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope Vivian doesn't hear this when she's older. <laughs> but when I had Annabelle or when I got pregnant with Vivian and I already had Annabelle, I just remember thinking like, I love Annabelle so freaking much. Mm-hmm. Like, it is insane the amount of love I have for this human. How the hell am I supposed to love? There's no way I can love another human. Yeah, you used to say the this way all I the love time. Annabelle. Like, I, Ethan and I were so in love with that little girl. Like, yeah. there's no way. He was always fine with it, but it was me. I was like, I don't know how. How is it humanly possible? To love two, I feel like I'm always gonna favorite Annabelle. Like, yeah. and that's not fair to the second baby. <laughs> the second I had her, Crystal, I felt like a fucking idiot because yeah, you're like, okay, it just falls possible. into place. And I'm sure, I'm sure, not the only mom that feels that oh, way. Yeah. But if you are feeling that way and you're pregnant, just know this: enjoy the time you have right now with your first baby. There's nothing like it. There is nothing like just having you and your girl, or your boy, just just you two. When the second baby comes, it will all fall into place. I promise. You know, it's funny. It's, I've always told Holy that's like one of my biggest regrets. I mean, I know I was still in school, so it kind of helped me to work because it really had me out of the house. But like, God, I wish I would have stayed home with Ben so much just to enjoy that time when it was just him, mm-hmm. watch his milestones happen, not just hear about them. I, oh my God, like that is like my biggest, biggest regret in life is not really? staying home sooner. Oh my God, yes. I've had, I freaking told you. Julio and I, I know you told me you're like, just when we were having it's trouble worth, figuring out it's who worth would it, watch it's him. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. When you were telling me, I remember when I was like seven months pregnant, we couldn't figure out who was going to watch the baby and we weren't comfortable sending him to daycare. You were like, um, stay home. And I was like, oh, but our insurance, our insurance. Now I wish I would have been like, fuck the insurance. We would have just paid for it like we are now. And I could have stayed home. I would have loved to have that time with Ben. Like when I had to le- go back to work after maternity leave, fuck that shit hit me in the heart. I, um, and especially, so then it got better. It was fine. You know, we were going through the motions of life. I was really busy. But then when I got, uh, when I had Camila and I decided to stay home with them and I stayed home with them, I was like, God, like I love watching what, that little yeah. girl grow. I would have killed to do that with my son. I always say that... I can never sit here and look back on the last almost five years of being a mom and say, I wish I would have been more in the moment here, or I wish I would have done this instead, or I wish I would have just enjoyed this more because I have been a stay-at-home mom since the beginning. And I can honestly tell you, I it sucks seeing Annabelle grow older, but mm-hmm. I have this like peace in my heart that like I have enjoyed every 
moment with them. I have taken them to do the outings. I saw them. You're building their childhood. I'm just, I have like, that's what it is. I'm building their childhood Mm -hmm. and there's no better feeling than that. Yeah. I get really lucky that I also found a job that allows me to be home so much. Yeah. um, To be able to do these things. And when I'm not home, daddy's home. So it's like, they always have a parent home. Um, And so that's why when you were going through the struggle with, you know, your babysitter was leaving and you didn't know what you were going to do. I I just, I pushed you so hard because- Yeah, I remember. I just, I knew- It's going to be a hard transition, but you can do it. It's worth the, the, you know, having to step back financially just a little bit. It was, it's worth it to see your kids. There's nothing, there's no better feeling in the world. I get it. It's hard. Like we're not sitting here telling you it's rainbows and oh my God, because some days you're just like, holy fuck, somebody take these kids. But I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, I feel that way though. Like at least he was only 18 months, right? When mm-hmm. I started staying at home and even watching him this last year ago, cause Camila's already nine months. So I've been home for like close to 10, 11 months now. That's and I'm like, God, like I'm enjoying and getting so much pleasure out of building their childhood the way I want to. Their yes. memories of when they're growing up are going to be with their mom and their dad. Yep. And mind you, though, this is not for everybody. Like, there are some women who say, I am a better mom because I work. Mm-hmm. And good for you. Find whatever works for you. But I really, really wish I would have known that sooner. So now we're going to jump on into labor. Dude. Oh, my God. It is so much more than, okay. oh, it hurts. <laughs> and if it's long. you are pregnant, I caution you. <laughs> because we're going to be so honest here. But I also encourage you to listen because there are so many things about labor that nobody tells 100%. you. I'm just going to start off with this. The number one thing I can think of is you have options, mm-hmm. moms. Yes, the hospital has certain ways they like to do things. They have standard things they do. Do your research. And I told you this all the time. Yeah. You have options. Do your research. Mm-hmm. Go in knowing what you would like and your preferences, but also go in knowing that things could drastically change for you. Your plan will not always go the way it you want it to. But know that you have options, mm-hmm. whether you decide to delay cork clamping, right away skin to skin, delaying the, the first bath, delaying them weighing the baby right away, not doing the, the antibiotic ointments, not doing the... Sh- There's so many options options for you. Ask your doctor. Yeah. Talk to your doctor about them. Ask your doctor these things. They will answer Like I didn't know that, but at the hospital where I delivered, they do skin to skin right after birth. They don't mm-hmm. even weigh the baby until about an hour or so after, after birth. Um, they right away do skin to skin and then they try to latch the baby on. Um, it was like that with both, with both mm-hmm. times I delivered and that's not something I expected. Yeah. Um, there's just so many things that the hospital will want, like they'll push for, but you can ask your doctor all these questions. Another thing is labor is nothing like it is in the movies. Oh my God. Um, I will say like my first labor kind of was in the sense of like when I was actually pushing, but my second, nothing like that. Like it was so peaceful and calm. It's so peaceful and calm the second time around. Yeah. It's not always all dramatic and stuff. One of my biggest things I don't think anybody told me is labor can be days long. I was under the impression that if I go into labor early in the morning on a Tuesday, I probably am going to have that baby by the evening. Yeah. Like the latest, right? Like 16 hours. Holy shit. That's a long time. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not the way it works. I had the world's longest labor ever. With Annabelle. Oh my God. Annabelle was just straight torture. I began having contractions at like on Tuesday morning or Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday morning, which was also like my 40 week appointment. And nobody ever told me I thought I was going to have that baby by like tomorrow, the latest, like Wednesday, the latest, I would have this freaking baby. <laughs> I was in and out of the hospital all freaking week. I didn't end up having Annabelle until Friday at midnight, almost Saturday. Yeah. I remember that. We were at the hospital all day that day. You got mm-hmm. admitted. And even then we, you got admitted and we're like, finally, the baby will be here soon. That's such a lie. It no. could take so, it could take days. I mean, okay. So for me, I don't know what the first one, they always say with your first one, it goes longer. Um, I ended up getting preeclampsia with yeah, them, so, so I had, had to get be induced. induced. Um, and even then, though, that went really by really fast. I thought it took forever, but in in retrospect, it's like, actually, it was super fucking quick. Um, this whole thing about um, having an epidural, not having an epidural. Don't, here's the thing. Don't bash other women for doing it unless you've gone through it. 
you know what it is too. Even <laughs> if you don't have an opinion on it until you've been in and not labor. even that. Let's say that you did. Were you were able to do an all natural birth? Good for you, but it makes you no less of a mother than yeah. me who decided. I mean, to like good have for you, but uh, you want a cookie? Like I don't know. Yeah, like what do, like, what do you want? Like don't make other women. I think it's wonderful that you were able to do. It. You're a badass, but it doesn't make anybody else any less than like. So I don't mean, let anybody make you feel bad about not about wanting that epidural because yeah. you're ultimately the one who has to go through that pain. And let me tell you something. You get these things called Braxton Hicks when you're pregnant and they feel like mini contractions. And I thought like, oh, okay, so if this is a preview, then this is what they feel like. The doctor always says, oh, you'll know when you're in labor. Like you'll know when those contractions are real. And let me tell you, especially with Camila, because I went Mm -hmm. to labor by myself. Those fake contractions wasn't shit compared to the They were like period cramps compared to (laughs) what contractions actually are. It hurts like hell. And I don't know about nobody else, but even with the epidural, mind you, there was other things that went on when I was laboring with my son, but I felt everything when I pushed him out. Mm-hmm. Everything. And it hurt. But with Camila, it wasn't like that. Yeah. I didn't feel shit. It was I was peaceful. good. It was, it was, you didn't most- even want to push her out. You're, they're like, you're ready to go. You're like, hey, can I take a nap? Yeah. I, the lady's <laughs> like, you're ready to push if you want to. I was like, you know what? Do you mind if I just take like a, a quick 30 minute nap? I even put on my like face guard and everything, my eye mask to try to take a nap. I remember. I thought you were fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> I was like, push the baby out. I drove all the way down here. <laughs> but you will feel. Like a bad ass. There is nothing like the feeling of surviving labor. Let me tell you, that is a rush that no one can explain. People used to always think I was crazy when I would say, um, I just want to feel the labor contractions again. And it's not because I enjoyed the pain. I'm not a psychopath. Pain is pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) But it was because it's just that feeling of just like, you're just invincible in that moment. It is phenomenal. The high you get after, it, Ooh, there's nothing like it. Yes. I remember, though, like, you know, they say that, like, oh, all the pain goes away when you see your baby. It was not like that for me in bed. When I gave birth to Ben, I was uh, still burning really bad, and I was holding on to him, and I was still in, like, so, I was so shocked, right? You're like, oh, my God. God, I just gave birth, but who's going to help me with the pain going on down there? Yeah. Cause that shit stinks. Yeah. I So I had two C-sections. Um, I remember when I, not so much with Annabelle, we'll go into birth stories later, but with Vivian, I got to hold her right away. Um, and we go into the, the recovery room, the postpartum room, whatever. And they hand her to me and you know how painful it is to like almost hold a baby. Yeah. Like when your stomach is like, just got cut open and they're like, you're not going to worry about the pain. Don't worry yes, about you are. <laughs> yes, you're you a baby. Are. The high of having your baby. I'm like, um, hell no. The shit hurts like a. <laughs> I love you, girl, but damn. I love you, but damn, you just fucked me up. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Speaking, going, circling back to, um, you have options, and things probably won't always go according to plan. If you're lucky, they will, but overwhelming majority of the time, they don't. Uh, let the me tell you something. Baby's gonna do what the baby wants to do. Baby will do what it wants to do. Your body will do what it wants mm-hmm. to do. Bianca took the classes, the Lamaze classes, the birthing class. She was ready to yeah. push that baby out. She ended up having two C sections. Yeah. I had my babies obviously after Bianca, and I think I. I mean, I can't really think other than one person that I know that pushed their babies out vaginally. Um, all the women in my family have had um, babies C-section. via C section. So even with my first child, I was so, you guys, I was so unresearched. In my mind, I was just like, everybody I know has C-sections. Um, I'm going to have a C-section and everybody formula feeds, so I'm going to formula feed. It, it's totally cool. I had no intentions on really breastfeeding or trying, and I had no intentions on giving birth vaginally. So I never bothered going to the, like the classes or anything like that. And I've had two C-sections and I breastfed both my babies, so... You had two vaginal births. I had two vaginal births. Yeah, that's what I meant. I had two vaginal births yeah. and I ended up breastfeeding both of my babies. Like, your plan, let me tell you, will not go always according to plan. And that's okay. Go I with the think, flow. Yeah, I think going into it with knowing what you would prefer and what your preferences are is great. But be extremely flexible and know that most likely this will not happen as planned. If you are one of the lucky few that it does, then yeah. good for you. But mentally prepare for it not so you're not disappointed afterwards yeah just be happy that you're gonna meet your baby honestly yeah um which brings us to postpartum this i feel is like the least talked about when i mean i was clueless on what postpartum life was going to be like let me tell you because it might sound ridiculous but 
starting off with anything, I did not know you have to pretty much wear a diaper after you mm-hmm. give birth. I had no idea that you still bled. I didn't know any of this. Tip of the week, uh, still the mesh underwear from the doctor before you leave. Oh, They're yeah. the best. Take everything from the They're hospital. They're the best. Yeah. You pay for it already, mm-hmm. so. But these, you have to like wear like, th- I wore like three pads. I had the mesh mm-hmm. underwear on. I didn't realize how much you fucking bleed afterwards. Yeah. Like it is insane or the fact that you even have contractions after oh you my give god birth, yeah because i did not know that was when the baby latches on it kind of makes your uterus start to contract again um oh you're, you're just god. trying to go back to its like normal shape yeah. or normal size those contractions are so painful they're like the real contractions they i remember hurt. breastfeeding and just like my eyes rolling in the back of my head from the pain i can understand why and it's not because women... breastfeeding hurts breastfeeding no. never hurt for me oh breastfeeding hurt for me it never hurt for me but yeah we'll get into that but the, it wasn't because of the breastfeeding. It was because of the contractions of the uterus. Another thing that I want to add that I feel like nobody ever freaking talks about. Two things. If you have a C-section, prepare to have to drink the shot of the nastiest drink you can ever imagine. What? They give you a shot. They give it to me with Annabelle because it was emergency C-section. I was just like throw everything was being thrown at me. Like I yeah. just remember feeling like the world, the room was spinning because it was literally less than five minutes between you need to have a C-section and my stomach's cut open. Yeah. Like it was cool. It was quick. Right. I just remember signing something. They gave me a shot. They unplugged the epidural. I don't know what the fuck happened. It was just so quick. I remember taking that shot though of whatever. They just told me it's not going to taste good. Crystal. It's so disgusting. It's so, I, I didn't know oh, this. You have no idea. I can't even explain the taste. It's so disgusting. I had a schedule C-section with Viv and I prepared for that shot. Crystal, it was worse. Mm-hmm. It was, ugh, it's disgusting. And another thing to actually, I want to add two more things real quick. They're going to push on your belly <gasps> after oh, your C-section. I and have... when I say after, I mean, I think they do it vaginal birth. They too. do it too. Yeah. And it fucking hurts. I think it might they hurt. Still wait a little bit. I think it might hurt. A, I don't know. Maybe I've never had a vaginal, but I think it might hurt a little bit more with the C-section because your stomach was literally is oh like being held by staples. Oh. I remember. At it I remember so specifically when it happened and I had, I had given birth to Annabelle. It was such a horrible birth. I can't even, I'll talk about it later, but. I remember being so in and out of it. They roll me back into the postpartum room. Ethan finally joins me because Ethan had gone with Annabelle because they took her yeah. to, um, she needed to get antibiotics and IV put in. So Ethan was with Annabelle. Ethan was kind of going back and forth between me and Annabelle because they wouldn't let me see Annabelle. And he comes to my room and he's about to go back to see her. And because they're like, oh, we're just going to push on her stomach and then, you know, she'll be able to sleep and relax for a little bit. Um, so Ethan's like, okay, I'm going to go to go get it, go see, make sure animals. Okay. So he's walking out the door and the nurse pushes on my stomach and I let out a scream crystal. Cause it was so <gasps> painful. It was so, I was caught off guard. Cause I figured I just got cut open. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to push my stomach. Right. <laughs> like, no, they do. And it gets like to make sure things are, I don't know what yeah, it is. It's, they want to make sure your uterus is going back down yeah. to size. And I, Ethan turns around and he comes right back to me. Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. It was so painful, and not just that. I think what's even more painful after having a C-section specifically, you have to walk and stand up oh the first 12 hours. You know what's funny is I had two C-sections. And it's major surgery. When I went in after you had Benjamin, I saw that you were... I was crystal in the room. <laughs> you were like walking around and like crystal. I was. I literally remember ta- looking at Ethan like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like she's walked, she walked herself to the bathroom. I remember specifically how it felt when they made me stand up for the first time. I remember holding on. You get so tense and you're like, <gasps> oh, like the crystal. I was, I was literally like, literally had the IV, the the thing, the little stand, yeah. and I would hold on to like the nurse where I was going to be like, this is how painful it was. I was like, <gasps> oh god, I couldn't dude. even fully breathe without because I felt like if I breathed properly, I would feel even more pain. If I just I was like. Oh my god. With every step dude. It is the let me tell you. The most painful thing is them making you walk right after you have the C section. They, they made me pee after I had both my kids like an hour or so afterwards and like I thought that was pretty painful, but it didn't feel like that. Crystal. Like not even close. I remember preparing for it with, with Vivian and I just getting out of bed was so painful. With both of the girls, I didn't start feeling like I can get up on my own until the day I left the hospital. Oh, fuck. Um, but and I was on have, a lot of pain medicine, and too. you have stairs in your house. Yeah. And I used to see you walk up and down the stairs. You're crazy. Well, I had a lot of pain medicine. You know what else I didn't know? I know this is going to sound ridiculous in retrospect, but you still have a belly 
after oh, yeah. it takes a while for it, it takes to a go while down. for it to go down. I didn't know that. I just thought like you have the baby pops out and, and just everything. like flattens out no, like a balloon. The contractions you have afterwards are in order to make your belly go down. I remember telling the nurse when I was feeding Ben, I was like, I'm so sorry. I maybe I'm just crazy, but I feel like I'm having contractions. She goes, like, No, do I have another baby in yeah, there. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, it's totally normal when you breastfeed or even just like your uterus is trying to contract yeah. back into normal size, so it'll feel like um the real thing. I feel like the other thing about postpartum, I'm going to say something and I'm, some parents are probably going to get mad, but whatever. Who cares? Um, your baby, no, that baby's not a good sleeper. Your baby's okay. a good sleeper. I am so guilty of this. <laughs> I am guilty of this. Your baby is, okay. The first 24 hours after yes. your baby is born, your baby does the most sleeping he or she is ever Crystal. going to do. That I am next guilty. day, that second day. Day, because it's not even night, because they're up all night. Oh, that Lord. second night, dude, they are up all night. Which You're- brings me to my point. <laughs> Enjoy the first twenty four hours. I would even recommend. Like, I understand everybody wants to see the baby, but Sleep. let me tell you something. It's probably better. I know it's hard, like when you have a really big family, but it's probably better to like not have visitors at the hospital, take time recovering and enjoy the baby and enjoy that sleep afterwards. Yeah. Because once people come, you can't sleep and you won't get any sleep at home. They can see the baby at home. But those first 24 hours, it's almost like mother nature knows you need your like to recover, sleep and let that baby do its thing. Mm-hmm. But that second night you're fucked. Like that baby will be up all fucking yeah. night, which that brings me to my point about true. something before you get into your story is... I feel like motherhood, I heard someone say this a long time ago, and I, it just resonated with me so much. Motherhood is a whole lot of n- not knowing, but not knowing how you know. And oh my God, I love that. Yeah, it yeah. is. So the first night that we were in the hospital, the second night, because the first night, obviously, he's sleeping like a gem, and I'm like, oh my God, my baby's such a good sleeper. I'm I was so I was, lucky. I was so that mom, too. So was, I was that but mom. But the nurse Annabelle. came in, and she's like, the second night is the roughest. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents have trouble. So I was like, okay, we got this. He was a great sleeper last night. What do you know, Miss Nurse, you know? So sure enough, homeboy is just not going to bed, screaming the whole night. That's how Annabelle was, too, in the hospital. So... I remember I was trying to get some sleep. We finally got him to knock out. I remember that issue with Vivian. <laughs> She's a great sleeper to this day, though. Um, and I remember, like, I was kind of, like, half out of it. Because I'm, like, my body just got wrecked, right? I gave birth to a whole-ass baby. And this is the second day, and I'm not getting no sleep. So, and, you know, luckily had my husband there to help me out or whatever. But even Julio was like, dude, what does this kid want? I, I don't get it. Why is he crying? Like, you, you tried feeding him. He's changed. Like, what is it? And I remember I was half asleep, and I just peeped when I opened, like, this to him. And I was like, he wants his binky. And I went back to sleep, and then Julio's was like, what? So he gives him the pacifier. No, they say yeah. don't give your baby the pacifier. We're trying to breastfeed. You know, fuck yeah. it, I did. Both my kids did. So Julio gives him the pacifier. Homeboy knocked out for hours. Yeah. We actually had to wake him up for his next feeding. That's so funny. And Julio's like, how did you know? I was like, dude, I don't know. It was like it's, this like weird that superpower. It's called mother instincts. instincts. It's crazy. And trust Your it. Trust motherly it. instincts are gold. One thing that I really wanted to touch on was... The baby's not sleeping? Not so much the baby's not sleeping because that shit's a given. Everyone knows your babies don't sleep. But one thing I think is so important to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about baby blues. Oh, that's good. I am not, I don't know much about postpartum depression because I never went through it. Mm -hmm. But I do know about baby blues. I had the nastiest baby blues with Annabelle. The hormones you feel are insane after you give birth. It is just like, you feel like you have no control over your emotions and yourself. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Vivian, I never had this issue, but when I had Annabelle, and I think a lot of it has to do with like her birth story, because I'll have to go into that in depth in another episode, but um, it was, I don't want to say traumatic, but I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it's still Um, a traumatic experience. Yeah. And so I remember crying to Ethan, just crying about how he felt so empty inside. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what's going on with me. And I was like, I feel so guilty. I felt this overwhelming sense of guilt bringing mm-hmm. her into this world because I felt like I couldn't protect her anymore. That's funny. I remember telling him, like, I could protect her inside of me. I could hold on to her. She was safe. You'd have to go through me to hurt her, yeah. right? Literally. Yeah. But the outside world, I felt so guilty because I'm like, I can't protect you like I used to protect you. I can't be your number one. Like, I can't. I'm like yes, a literal barrier. Mama bears a thing, but like, I can't. Literally shield you. Yeah. Like I could when you were inside of me. I totally. could protect you from the world. 
and I felt this guilt of like, how did I, how could I let this baby into this world? We live in such a nasty world. This, this, and that. And I also felt like whenever Ethan or his mom came into town when Annabelle was born, even when she held the baby, Crystal, I would be in tears all day because I couldn't hold her. And it was like, I do think a lot of this has to do with like the fact that I didn't get to hold her for like, I think the first six hours mm, of her okay. life. Yeah. But I felt like, I felt almost nasty not having my baby in my arms after mm-hmm. they were in my belly for so long. Yeah. And I don't think anyone prepares you for that type of emotion. And there's I, nothing you can do to prepare it. Yeah. But just know all of those feelings are so normal. Oh, yeah. And okay, but if you ever feel like things are going too far, please reach out for help. Please. Even, even if you just have the baby, please reach out for help. Just go to a therapist. Just go and talk and they will help you talk through your this feelings is, and get you back to normal. Or whatever your new thing. normal is. I didn't know what baby blues were either and I had them with Ben. Bad. But think about this, okay? Like if, for the, because I saw our analytics and I said like something of like 15% of people who listen to this are men. If you're a man, I want you to listen to this. Yeah. I think it was 20%. It's, it's insane. I, I can't believe it, but not only are you have to uh, change your body chemistry in order to have a baby, right? Like these hormones, mm-hmm. there's more of some, less of some, which is why you act a certain way when you're pregnant. You grow this baby for nearly a year, right? Because it takes it's a ten month process. Your body goes through a literal traumatic experience to have it. The amount of pain you feel when you're in labor, there's nothing next to it. But the fact that you're in pain. It's, it's a different like way to mess with your head. The fact that you're in pain, but you're in like a pain for something you know you're about to love yeah. so much, right? It's not like you're being tortured, essentially, yeah. right? Where you like don't see the outcome. Um, your body just, I mean, like got hit by a bus. It's a wreck. Then one day you have this human in you who's changed the physiology of your body, and then the next day you don't. Yeah. So what does your body see, do? Your body goes out of whack with the hormones. And think about it, too. You slowly... You, this pregnancy slowly takes over your body, right? Mm-hmm. It is a slow process from getting pregnant to you barely feeling a little tired. And then, you know what? Now I'm nauseous. And then now, now it's this, now it's that. And then now I feel the baby kick and holy, like it's yeah. a slow process, right? Until that baby comes out. But the process from when the baby's in your belly to is out of your belly, it happens in seconds. It's traumatic and fast. It is so quick. You, you build this relationship with this you know, human in your body and you almost kind of build this relationship with your body, I guess. Yeah. Is that weird? No, it's a thing. Like you build this relationship with your body and like you guys are working as a team and you're like all in this together to create this beautiful thing. But then all of a sudden that one thing that gave you so much joy is now out and it's great. And you obviously you get the baby now, so it's, it's fine, but it happens so quick. I think people really underestimate that where it's not talked about enough. Yeah. How quick that shift is and how traumatizing it is to And like, how do you expect a woman to, I just don't understand people, for instance, that like expect so much out of women right after birth. Like, first of all, like you said, it takes 10 months to build a baby, but it takes a couple of hours to take one out. Mm-hmm. The physiology, you may have the baby out, but the physiology, like the yeah. chemicals and stuff that are released are now completely out of whack because now it doesn't have a baby to sustain. Yeah, now it's so just now your body's like, oh, I got to hurry and get back into the mode that I was before I had mm-hmm. him. And let's just be real. Like, when you have a baby, yes, it's beautiful. And God, you're so thankful to your body that like you had a baby. But that baby comes with a lot of work at the beginning mm-hmm. because you don't know what you're doing. It doesn't know what it's doing either. A baby is also learning, which is why there's so much work. And this is why I think I get so pissed off when when men are like, I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. Yes, I'm not doing 100%. this. hundred percent. I was, I remember the doctor telling us, um, cause I was trying to, you know, cause so we, we gotta go into the birth stories more, but with Annabelle, they wouldn't let me see her until I could like move my toes. And I was working my, I mean, I was forcing them toes to move. Yeah. I was like a fucking monster because I wanted to meet my baby. I yeah. hadn't met my... They stole... That it seems felt like, like they stole my child from me. It seems like almost um, un, like primal at yes, this point. Yes, it yeah. is. And, and for good reason. I mean, she was sick. I mean, not sick, but she needed antibiotics. She had meconium and all that. And so she was having trouble breathing. And I mean, there was a lot of little things. But um, I remember the nurse... The labor and deliver nurse, which, by the way, labor and deliver nurses do not get enough credit. Yeah, um, they're, they're the phenomenal. Um, I remember her telling me, she's like, you need to relax. You will see your baby. What people don't realize, and this has always stuck with me, she's like, your body, whether you gave birth vaginally or had a C-section, just went through like a major traumatic event. Yeah. That if 
the same amount of damage was done to your body that was done to any other person, a car accident, anything else, Yes, you would be expected to be a patient and to relax and to sleep it off and to recover. But because you have a baby, you're not allowed to recover properly. Yeah. You need to recover from this traumatic thing that your body just went through from having either a major surgery or even vaginally to you don't have the chance to recover. You need to be a mom now. Yeah. That means sleep. There's no break. You still have to breastfeed. All these other things. Why is it that fathers cannot? I know Ethan did. Ethan, Chris, I didn't change one diaper in that. I hospital. didn't either. I didn't need either diaper. one of my kids. I, I never change changed a diaper. diaper. I pretty much only held them to breastfeed them and to have some skin to skin. But yeah. Hulu did everything. Like that's why when guys are like, "I'm not waking up in the middle of the night," you're, no, uh, fuck you, I'm no. sorry, but I wish that people understood it more and understood the trauma it is mentally and emotionally and physically. We are still human. Yes, we're mothers now, but we're yeah. human. We need to recover. Here's the thing. Like, like you said, uh, if I had gone, even if I had gone, like, let's say I got into a car accident and I broke my leg, I guarantee you I'd have more people helping me and telling yes. me, oh my God, you need to stay off of it. Relax. Take your medication. And that's a broken fucking leg. Like, yeah. you're telling me that, like, if mm-hmm. imagine if I told somebody who broke their leg from a car accident, it was just get like, up well, get up clean. and I need you to cook. I need you to clean. I need you to go take to work, care of this kid. This, go to that. work. I know you have a broken leg, but we just kind of have to, like, yeah. push through the pain here, you know? Yeah. There you go, champ. Like, that's exactly what you're doing to moms. I think it's just because we've made it look so easy that the other sex doesn't realize sometimes yeah. how hard it is. But it is. It is very difficult. If and not just that. Like, your body is still not done. If you choose to breastfeed, which we're about to get into right now. Your body's still not your own. You have no idea the amount of things that like you're a slave to when it comes to your child. Like imagine if you got in a car accident and you broke your arm and you broke your leg and then someone came and like said, well, can you babysit my baby? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm kind of out of it. I don't even know if I can coherently like take care of I was of literally this. on painkillers. Yeah. For like a but few you days have after, to. but you have to take care of I remember kid. telling um, Julio one time. I was like, I realized as we were preparing for the birth of Ben, like when we were going to the appointments, I was like, oh my God, wait. There's no break. Wait, when do I, when am I supposed to take a like break? You don't get goes, to heal and then you no, have to be a mom. No, nothing. You have it to go right into mom modes and sometimes you don't even get to sleep. Like it's the truth, which is let's bring it into breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. I'm going to tell you something, to be honest with you. Obviously a lot of people around us formula fed their babies and there's nothing. And I mean, nothing wrong with that, which is why I was so gun ho about like, I even had formula at my house at one point that I was going to go get and was just like, let me just mm-hmm. use that. Right. It's, I was so sure one that because everybody did it, that I wasn't going to do it, but no one told me shit about breastfeeding and about how hard it is Yeah, me that neither. I didn't bother doing the research for it. So I figured, oh, it's just easier to formula feed. Like I'm going to do that instead. I was so ill prepared, Bianca. No one told me not just about how I wish someone would have told me how hard breastfeeding really was on the body and the mind. And I would have understood moms a lot better and a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. It's if like you don't a know, legit lifestyle. If you don't know, or if you're pregnant or want to get pregnant, here's something that you need to know. When you're the reason your boobs get big is because they're building milk ducts, right? When you give birth, your boobs are gonna get hard as rocks. Mine were the hardest about the second or third day after I gave birth. And I'm what I mean rock hard, I mean so fucking hard. I remember when I came home from the hospital the day after I brought him home, it was my third day. I had to take a shower, obviously, because you're bleeding everywhere. Um they hurt so bad. I could not let the weight of them go. I had to hold up my boobs in the shower while mm-hmm. Julio washed my hair. And I didn't realize Ouch. what it was. Is what happens, what happens is your body doesn't know. Milk production is basically all demand and supply, right? So your body's like, hey, I know you just had a baby. It's amazing, right? Um, but... I don't know how much milk this baby needs. I don't know how often it's going to feed. So let me just give you all of the milk possible and which makes your boobs really heavy and it fucking hurts. Yeah. And then as the baby starts feeding and as like you progress on with your breastfeeding journey, your body says, okay, the baby only eats every three hours. I'm only going to make milk for every three hours. Yeah. I don't need to make milk for like a whole fucking day. It takes months for your body to regulate. Yeah. But at the beginning, I had no idea. I remember feeling so bad that first shower I took because I was like holding with me the same thing, holding onto my boobs because I was like, oh my God, I feel like the rocks on my chest. It hurts so bad. My milk, when it came, leaked everywhere. Another thing no one tells you about breastfeeding is how disgusting it is fucking gross. And your milk changes, like your milk constantly changes to your baby's needs. But I know you said it didn't hurt for you, but for me, it fucking hurt. Like trying to learn how to latch properly fucking. So I will offer a different perspective. I breastfed Annabelle for about two months and I breastfed Vivian for six. 
Um, it never hurt for me ever. I don't even a little bit. It never oh. hurt. The only time it ever hurt was when I shot a wedding. I was shooting a wedding. Um, and Vivian was two months old. I shot a wedding. Oh, but you needed to pump and you hadn't. I pumped in I pumped in the car, but I didn't have much time. So I pumped what I could. But when I got home that night and fed her when I got home, ooh, oh my God. And it squirts out like so <laughs> bad. It just it was pain like all over my breast. But it's only because my I, I've been gorged. Um Oh, but engorgement. Oh. Honestly, I never had a bad experience as far as it hurting. I never had issues with the girls latching. So it could be very smooth. It doesn't always hurt. So yeah, be prepared it for always, it to hurt. But your but your nipples will feel raw. Like those first two weeks or something I while your baby. Oh, either. I did so bad. Those yeah. first two weeks, your like nipples getting used to like your baby like needing mm. to feed off of them. That hurts. It's I, like a rawness. I always used a nipple cream though. Maybe that's why. I didn't. I, I used from the beginning. Yeah, I always used and not my nipples but never felt like I will that. tell you something that changed my life. Like, let me tell you something. I already told you guys that I was just so fully prepared not to breastfeed at all because I, like I said, not a ton of people around me breastfed. And I always heard that it like, like sucked. Um, the last day and I was, had it not been for this last nurse that walked in, um, right before we got discharged with Ben, I probably would have ended my breastfeeding journey like soon, very soon after I had been like Mm -hmm. probably days after I had been, um, Everybody, first of all, is going to tell you there are going to be tons of people that come in and help you because they're going to encourage breastfeeding, at least at our hospital they did. Yeah. Um, And everybody's going to have a different opinion on how to do it. You need to find what works for you. And you Mm -hmm. will learn your baby's rhythm. You as a mom will learn. Yeah. But there was this lady that came in. I remember everybody was so nice, but everybody had such a difference of opinion. Um, This last lady came in and she was kind of a bitch. I was like, damn, like, who took your lunch? Shit. So we were getting ready to get discharged. And I was like, let me feed Ben before because he's going to get hungry. And then I'll feed him again when we get home. Same thing, having trouble with his latch and not working. She grabs my boobs. She like flat. She's giving me all the best information I could have gotten when it comes to breastfeeding. Yeah. But then she just like flat out just grabs my boobs, pulls it out of the shirt and looks at my nipples. She's just like, okay. She felt both boobs. She's like, you're not going to have a problem with your supply. But because you are bigger chested and you need more support, Mm -hmm. your nipple's going to get pushed in from your shirt. She gave me a nipple shield. And let me tell you, I breastfed my son for six months and yeah. I only stopped because I wanted to stop. It was nothing to do with supply or yeah. like t- That's um, was a latch or anything. Yeah. I had issues with Annabelle. That was a disaster from the beginning. But that nipple shield yeah. dude and they're like 10 bucks on Amazon. If you're a new mom, don't let anybody fucking tell you. Cause I've heard somebody say that like, if you do a nipple shield, that's not actually exclusive with breastfeeding. Fuck you. What? Yes, it is. Yeah. Just the same way as Ew, like some mom shamers try to whatever. say that like pacifiers don't like, um, if you give your baby pacifiers on exclusive breastfeeding, fucking stupid. Um, Get yourself a nipple shield. Oh, I have. It's stupid. Um, give your get a nipple shield. If you plan on breastfeeding, I promise you, put one in your hospital bag. Use it, even if you just as one last drop. Because it's. I know people have started off really, really wanting to breastfeed and then ended their journeys very quickly, um, because they didn't have the proper equipment or tools or even just like due to take I would, patience. But I would. I would encourage maybe not using it at first and only using it if you have no, to. No, no, no. Use because it only if you really want to. It can become a to. hassle having to take the nipple shield everywhere. And if you get the baby used to it, the I baby breastfed, won't take it by itself. Yeah, I breastfed Vivian with that one. I never had I never had issues breastfeeding. It was always, well, at least with Vivian, it was pretty easy. Um, never hurt, never nothing. She took it fine. I just didn't like breastfeeding. And I fed her for six months and I was like, you're good with formula after that. Um, but I would encourage you to maybe not do it. Do it without because it's an extra thing you always have to carry. And the 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 nurses won't won't let you use it at first. They'll try to get you to latch first. Yeah. But I remember with Camila, I was like, when they asked me how long I breastfed Ben, and I told them, I was like, I brought my nipple shield. I was just like, I'm using it. Don't don't bother with your stuff. This is my second baby. Um, this nipple shield works for me, and I'd rather my baby have the milk from me than give up and give them formula. So I'm gonna use a shield. I would recommend trying it if you really, really want to continue on your journey and you can't yeah. seem your baby to latch. There's it's just nothing another wrong. thing to try. Yeah. yeah, but this is hard. And another thing no one told me about fucking breastfeeding, man, is like the time commitment. How hard yeah. it is. It's like a full on lifestyle. I telling you when I said I was not prepared at all to breastfeed, I'm still breastfeeding my daughter, and this is I'm nine months exclusively breastfeeding, and my I don't know about y'all, but my boobies is tore up too. That's why they get so saggy because they inflate and deflate with milk. But mm-hmm. I'm here to debunk a little something, something, well, at least for my, on my end. Yes. I know everybody says, oh, if you breastfeed your, the weight's going to come right off. Uh, it'll help you just go back down to regular size, which helps you get rid of that bump. Yeah, but. It does for the first month. Mm-hmm. If you decide to breastfeed for an extended period of time, it will actually make you fat. 
any mama out there breastfeeding knows the struggle. Like yeah. I have my water with me right now. You instantly get thirsty and you get fucking hungry because your baby's taking That's your nutrients. That's how I was with Vivian. I gained weight, a lot of weight after having Vivian. I gained more it. weight because mm-hmm. with Camila because I decided to breastfeed her longer because you're sitting. One, you're sitting right. You're and bored. Yeah, you're bored. And no, the I baby's taking chips. the baby's taking your Speaking nutrients of, from I you. Want chips. <laughs> so I eat them about my cool ranch Doritos. <laughs> You know, the baby's taking your nutrients and stuff. So you get hungry. You will, your body will get very, very hungry because it needs to replenish. So you sit there and you snack all fucking day yeah. long. So breastfeeding makes you fat. So yeah, I agree with that one. And um, it's fucking boring. So we did. But have- there is a bond. Like, don't get me wrong, because I'm considering stopping breastfeeding soon here because Camila, what I find out when her appointments next week, if she's able to go to whole milk or not, because Ben was able to transfer to whole milk at nine months, um, I may consider stopping. Mm-hmm. Like any of my breastfeeding journey, and I am getting really sad about it because you know it's my time with my girl. Like we just, yeah. it's just us. But I would say in the middle of the night, God, fuck. I will say playing. You know the other side of it. I never, ever, ever, ever felt that bond that people talk about when you're Ooh. breastfeeding. I never felt it. I never understood it at all. I still to this day, like I breastfed both girls, maybe not for long, for Vivian a little bit longer, but I breastfed them, Annabelle for two, three months, Vivian for six. Interesting. Never, ever felt that bond. I felt honestly resentment towards my kids when I breastfed because I felt like I gave you my body for nine months already. Uh-huh. Let me have my body yeah, back. I'm done. I'm I was just done. I didn't feel sexy anymore. I didn't feel like I wanted to get dressed uh, up. I was yeah. leaking everywhere. They, I, they were just sucking on my breast while I had nothing. I literally was idle for an hour, two hours every fucking day. Like, I didn't like it. Yeah. I, it is a lifestyle. And I don't the like thing it. sacrifice, like you have to imagine like when it's time to, you know, to have that sexy time or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, the, but you gotta be careful because if they get stimulated, it's like, coming out. Yeah, if you like <laughs> lean over <laughs> and like I can only wear certain bras and I have to wear whole wardrobes based yeah. on how accessible my boobs are. And especially right now, my daughter is like um She's nine months, but she's able to cruise the first. She's even practicing like standing on her own at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's able to come up to me when she wants the boobs and she'll tug at my shirt. And I'm like, okay, got to pop out the boob, you know, but yeah. it makes it hard to do anything like to go out in public, especially yeah. when I have one toddler running around and I'm like, I can't just like give her the bottle, put her in a wagon and push her around while she mm-hmm. feeds so I can watch my son. Yeah. Like I have to do outings, try to do them as much unless it's going to be enclosed with other people because if I have to feed my daughter... I'm stuck feeding her, um, and I have to sit to yeah. feed her, and I can't. I'm immobile, so it is a lifestyle choice. And I wish someone would have told me that beforehand. I would say do your research on whether you want to breastfeed or not, but do not feel discouraged if it's not for you. Yeah, do not feel um, discouraged if it's not for you, guys. Don't let anybody make you yeah. feel guilty. I know it's hard to find that internal guilt when you want to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, then quit. Your baby will be fine. Shit. So we actually had two questions on our Instagram about breastfeeding. Ooh, fun. Okay. Um, one of them is, is it wrong to breastfeed your 18 month old? It's not wrong as long as you don't feel it's wrong. Yeah. Longer than what I would do it. Longer than what I would do. I, think I feel like a- if your baby's like asking for it or like able to like just grab your boob and yeah. Like if they're able to walk up in public and be like, mom, I want milk. And then, you know, I feel like that's wrong. But, but as long as you feel like you're comfortable and you feel like and yeah. sometimes it's not even about like, even at this point, honestly, with me and Camila, it doesn't feel um, like she so much needs it as much as it's like just a comfort thing. Yeah. I think it's a very personal decision. Everybody, it's, if you're fine with it, then it's fine. You're the mom. You can make that ultimate decision. But if you're asking us on our personal opinions on it, um, I would probably wean at the, that point. I probably wouldn't breastfeed past a year. I just don't. I personally would be uncomfortable with it. Yeah, I if even like I said, if I didn't decide not to end my journey at nine months, like I just I remember may, like my kids at that age, and I just don't know if I would be comfortable with the like, same. Yeah. I wouldn't even if I decided to not stop at nine months and go the full year with yeah. me because I'm already at the end stretch at this point. Um, I with any of my kids, I would not go past a year just because then you were then you start getting into the attachment phase where yeah. he's attached or he or she is attached yeah. to you, and you're not gonna be able to wean them off. And then the other question was, what's an easier way to wean off of breastfeeding? Okay, so I did it. Okay, personally, I did a cold turkey with this one. I plan on doing it more gradually. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do um, um, ultra one feeding. Like when I wean Camila off this time, I'm um, I'm gonna do like one feeding a formula, or I mean one feeding of her whole milk because she'll go on whole milk. She won't have formula, and then the one I'll do breast milk, and then slowly, gradually get it to the point where she no longer needs you needs me. With, but I'm gonna start off with the night feedings with Annabelle. Formula. 
Um, we did the slow wean, um, and it was torture. I hated it. Um, Vivian, I did cold turkey, and I much prefer it. So cold turkey, take them off. Hurt it's like so the cry it off method. Um, yeah, rip the band aid. Rip the band aid. Just get it done. That shit really hurt. Cool. Love it. We hope we helped somebody a little bit, even if you just, one fact you hadn't yeah. heard about it today. It's kind of fun, though, like, too, okay. right? Yeah. And I mean, if you have want us to elaborate on anything anymore on our personal experiences, please just DM us. And I hope we didn't scare you guys too much. I mean, yeah. it's definitely good to prepare. But so we have a good tea one. time for yeses. Okay. I love this one. So over Thanksgiving, I'm setting the scene here. Okay. Set the scene. It's Thanksgiving 2020. <laughs> so it was Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, we People got into it. going to think that we're super unhealthy talking about this with family. <laughs> well, we were discussing with my mother. <laughs> we were talking, you know, with my brothers and my mom and everybody there. We were talking about how this subject came up. We, we got into the, my brother is 20 years old and very single ladies. Um, and we were talking about how we want him to have a girlfriend, you know, like it's, it's time for him to, to date somebody. Then we got into the question about body counts or, you know, what's funny is that there's a word for it. Body count. People say body count now that yeah. never said that back in my day, whatever. So they asked an interesting question. Bianca, tell us what the question was. The question was, <laughs> I remember the conversation. I remember the question, the question was, do does somebody want does somebody have the right to ask you oh, about yeah, body okay. count and do you have the right not to answer? Okay. Does somebody have the right to ask you about a body count? I say yes, you have the right to ask anything you want. Um, but it's my choice to disclose that information or not. Okay. I depending on the person, I mean I have I'm not ashamed of anything and I will gladly tell you what it is and that's it. Um Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I mean I've asked Ethan, Ethan, I have had in-depth conversations about these things. And I mean, it doesn't bug me at all. Anything that happened before me doesn't bug me. So, okay. Uh, I agree with you in, in the sense of like, you have every right to ask, but I also have every right not to answer. Yeah. Um, and you cannot deduce any information from my like lack of answering, right? Like you can't um, draw any conclusions from the fact that I didn't answer or if I did answer, whatever. Um, I'm talking about like, so we got into the discussion about like, there were some people who felt like, no, you should have to answer because, you know, I want to know who I'm getting in, in to bed with essentially. And while I agree that you should be aware of who you're sleeping with, um, for the sense of like, are we both tested? How was the last time you got tested? I don't think those are offensive questions. No, I don't think so. Um, I think they're smart questions to ask, especially especially nowadays, this day and age with the, you know, it's very casual. It's very open. You see those TikToks that are like, Oh, body, 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 body. body, And then it's like pictures of like thousands of men they slept with. It's like, you're damn right. I'm going to ask you to get tested. Exactly. Um, I think that a woman or a man has a right not to answer. And I don't think you can draw any conclusions from that. I will. I, my point to that was this, um, if you feel like you have the right to ask, or this is really information you'd really like to know, mm-hmm. um, and you ask this of somebody who's not comfortable answering and it has nothing to do with body count, mm-hmm. um, you two are already not compatible because you, sh- this person clearly has a, um, this person clearly has a preconceived notion of what they consider to be private. And for them, their body count is a private thing. And you feel like you would like to know these things. This is going to leak into other parts of your relationship where you're going to feel like you may overshare and this person doesn't feel, they feel like they have a certain right to privacy. Okay. I can see Um, that. So that may not work out if you're looking for a relationship because this is a very sensitive thing. Like, um, my husband and I are like, well, my husband never asked me about my body count, but I asked him about, no, never did. That's funny. Um, but I asked him about his cause I like knowing everything. Like, (laughs) yeah, how? (laughs) He's like, I don't want to know. I don't want to (laughs) know. Um, but if he asked me, I would tell him, but when I asked him, he was very like forthcoming about it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to know everything cause I love like information. Yeah. Right. And like you said, whatever happened before me doesn't count. So, or doesn't count to me. Not that it doesn't yeah. count because it does. Um, but if I think in, there's two parts to that, right? Don't ask unless you're ready for the answer. Yes, because absolutely. Because if the answer is not what you like, what are you prepared to yes, do? Yes, 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 yes. Or ask and be okay with them not answering. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the same page with you as like, I feel like you need to both be on the same page. And I feel like I could never hide anything from my husband and I, I want him to know everything. Um, just cause 
it's a part of who I was and it's a part of, yeah, you know, totally. my life. And I think that, you know, I mean, I want him to know. I don't, I don't really care. You know, the only reason Julio knows is because of the game that we played and you, you didn't know that he didn't know, but you, uh, you, when was, was like this? A, remember either was deployed. It was when we were first dating and then you like, we were playing some game and it was like truth or dare Savage. or something. And then I've like picked truth or something. And you asked me that question. Dude, and so I had really? to, I'm yes, bitch, it was dude. when we, you lived right there on, what was it? Stuart? Stuart the house, yeah. The house where we did my 24th the birthday 23rd one birthday. on bloom street yeah 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 um yeah that's when he found out i mean and he was Damn. just like whatever about it he didn't care it wasn't like a discussion were or you anything honest like that. yeah i was honest I with him you were i was honest with liar. him liar <laughs> i'm gonna be like that times three no i'm just kidding you know what's um, funny is when um ethan first asked me he i told him you know a number and it was obviously a lie <laughs> <laughs> We were at SeaWorld and he asked me like the very beginning of the date, like he asked me and body, I told yaddy, him yaddy, and then yaddy, yaddy, at the yaddy, end yaddy. of the day, we're walking back to the parking lot and he's like, so, you know, like I read this thing somewhere where it's like, if a girl tells you a number, like you're supposed to multiply it by like two or three. He's like, is that the case with you? I start fucking laughing. I started <laughs> busting up and I, I don't. I don't know. We didn't really talk about it much after that because I pretended to play offensive. Like, wow, why would you even ask me? You know, yeah. he knew he's not fucking stupid. Um, I ended up telling him way later on, but I mean, at some point, because it's like, you've been together for so long, it's like, no one's a threat, like, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I felt very secure with my husband in the sense of, like, I wanted to know because I'd rather know. I think now, too, it's like, I'm secure with, you know, who I was then, and and I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. Like, absolutely. I don't believe in this whole double standard that men can sleep around and women can't. I think that... It's my body. I should be willing to do whatever the fuck I want with my body as long as I have the emotional maturity to... So we got into that on Thanksgiving. Oh, Remember, yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. heated on both sides. It was sides good. It was good. <laughs> I wish you guys could have been there for this combo. I recorded it. Because we, like, were... Obviously, we feel a little more progressive on it, right? Like, I agree with you. As long as you feel like you're respecting yourself. And I think I put it this way. I said there is a difference between... Because the... the the topic they came up was like, well, women who sleep around don't respect themselves, right? Oh, yeah. I disagree. And I told you, right, we were talking about this. I think the point that I made was I feel like there is a difference between a woman who sleeps with a lot of men because she wants to sleep with a lot of men because maybe she's just sexual like that, yeah, okay? she just has a higher sex And there's drive. a difference between a woman who sleeps with a lot of men because she feels like that's the way that she's going to get them to love them. Yes. I think one does have a self-respect and I think the other doesn't. Yeah. And I think as long as you're... Um, emotionally mature enough to yeah, where exactly. you know the consequences of your actions, sleep with whoever the fuck you want and be safe. Yeah, just be safe about it. And I think that as long as you realize that sex will never keep lock anybody a man around, down, yeah. Or a baby. Yeah, you're you'll be fine as long as it's because it's for you. It's not because you felt like this guy wants you to do it or this person wants you to do it or he'll maybe keep you around if you if you do this with him. Like if it's for you and it's your own personal thing, I don't think that the, I don't think it's okay for men to be able to sleep around because they're men and the oh, women are just now. like we're only here to please you guys. So it's like no, it's bullshit. To me, it's like as long as you respect yourself, you have the emotional maturity, you're fucking safe. Do whatever the fuck you want. It's your body. I'm not gonna tell you what to do with your body, and I'm not gonna judge yeah. you for what you've done. You know what? I think you said a good point about like it's not because they're men they get to sleep around. It's like what we were discussing that day too about like stop giving men passes to. To do anything yeah. by saying it's a man thing. If a man cheats, just like women cheat, women cheat all the time yeah. in their marriages, just like men do. It I feel happens. Like women cheat just as much as men. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, and, and the thing is, like, the way people view it is like, oh my God, she cheated so scandalous. How could she? She has no respect for herself. But if a man were to do it, it's like, ah, Mika, he's just being a man. Like, you gotta let you know, it go. You gotta let it go. Like, he's him. just being a man. Like, you know, men, like, no, if, no, I don't believe that. We are both responsible for upholding our vows. Now, if, like, my marriage, for example, if Julio were to cheat, it was it is not going to be because he's a man. It's going to be because he's a flawed human. Yeah. That's what it is. It's because of his own doing, not because it, he's yeah. a man. I'm not, not giving my son else. a fucking pass. I have a son, and we dis- all of this mm-hmm. was discussed. I have a son, and you will never catch me glorifying my son being a pimp or a hoe or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Or getting I will bitches. never, yeah, I will never praise my son for getting bitches. Like, fuck no. You want to sleep around because you're young and your hormones are going crazy because you know what? I can't control your actions. I pray to God I raise you better than that, but guess what? You're ultimately going to do what you need to do. Yeah. But you will never catch me calling my daughter a hoe for doing the same thing my son is and then being like ah, good job man like yeah exactly hell no exactly you are a person you are a man yes but you know what a man means 
It does not mean you're sleeping around. That gives yeah. you, that's like, you know what that sounds like to me when you, you say, well, he's a man. Like he, that's just, I, you know, that's just what men do. What that sounds like to me is like when we give kid passes for doing things like when, um, I don't know, like Camila, she's nine months when she, I don't know, maybe smacks her brother by accident. Cause she doesn't know. Right. And you're like, she's a baby. She's doing it because she's a baby. She eats, doesn't know how to eat. Camila doesn't know how to eat with utensils because she's mm-hmm. nine months. She's a baby. You can't but expect But it's my job baby. to teach her. It's my job to teach her, right? Because she doesn't have like yeah. those skills. But that's but that's a true pass. She doesn't even have like the, the physical ability to yep. use a fork and a knife right now, yep. right? That's like when you say things like, oh, it's just because he's a man. That's just what guys do. Like, No, it's not what no, guys do. That's what, but that's what you're saying. You're saying that like, oh, it's just a part of their physiology. Just the same way it's a part of a baby's physiology to not know how to fucking use the, the bathroom whenever they are first born and they have to use diapers. It is not the fucking no, same shit. No, no, no. It is not the same shit. No, you're a grown ass man and you're responsible for your actions, just like you're a woman and you're responsible for your actions. Yeah. This was a very heated discussion on yeah. Thanksgiving. I will never, and I have a son, and I will tell you, I will never praise my son for doing stupid shit like that. Never. You, I will never yeah. praise you for having a million girlfriends or whatever. I don't understand, like, as a mom, like, if I had a, I don't have a son, but if I did, like, I would be so fucking, I don't, if it was just a high school girlfriend, if you made a commitment to somebody or something, you seek out that commitment. If you are no longer happy, say something and then move on. A hundred percent, because you know what? That's the kind of man you're going to be. Yeah. In the future. And if I sit here and chalk it up to like, oh, honey, you know, like um, you're just a dude and that's just the way it is. That's just the way men are. What is he going to think in his mind? He's like, well, we're men. We get a pass for cheating. But your woman is never allowed to do that. Fuck that. No. no. I will never praise my son for cheating on one of his little girlfriends. I don't get, like you said, I don't give a fuck if it's in high school. I don't care if he's in the wrong if you didn't want to be in that relationship anymore, my love, then you shouldn't have been in it. You should yeah. man up like a man, like you think you are. I just would be so disappointed. I don't care how young 100%, you are. A hundred percent. I and Hula and I've had very deep discussions about like expectations mm-hmm. of our children in this sense, like Benjamin. Yeah. And you know, Julio's like big thing is cheating, right? So he's like, I would be so disappointed in him. I'd be so disappointed in his character if he didn't have the balls to man up and just say, I'm sorry, I don't want to be with you anymore. As much as that hurts, but it's so much better to be known as someone who was harsh but fair than to be known as a cheater and a liar. Like 100% no. So I think while I think that we have rights to ask questions, we also reserve the right not to answer any questions if we don't want to. And if you're not comfortable with not knowing the answer, then you need to be with someone who's willing to express whatever you want them to express. Again, and just being on the same page and uh, as a person you're with. I think we need to stop giving men passes for shit. Absolutely. Nope. Men don't get You don't passes. get a pass because you're a man because you have that thing between your legs. Yeah. No, because it don't mean shit. No. It don't mean shit. It's 2020. It is 2020. We are all held to the same standard. If we're not, you, you better start If not, then don't commit. It's simple. Then don't make vows. Don't commit. Yeah. Don't call somebody your girlfriend. Um, you know what's funny? I saw this TikTok, right? And I literally just saw it this morning. It said, when did you realize you were the toxic one in the relationship? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And this guy goes on and he's like, I was dating this girl. We're get together for a while. We broke up. We break up and we're apart for a few months. And we decided to get back together. Mm-hmm. When we get back together, we're like, okay, we had the hard conversation of, you know, have you slept with anybody? Yeah. Blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I slept <gasps> for about, with about 10 different women. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And she was like, um, I, I didn't sleep with anybody else, blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, okay, cool. But then he went on Instagram and found that she followed a dude on Instagram that he didn't want her following from before. Mm-hmm. And he broke up with her because of it. He's like, that's when I realized I was a toxic one. Yeah. Why is it that... I've been in relationships like that. You can break up with her because of following someone on Instagram, but you can have sex with 10 girls, Yeah. but it's okay. Yeah. Because oh, you're not. a man. Because you're a man and, and your feelings okay. are hurt. But you know what? I feel like... And we can always dive into a deeper conversation about this in another episode, but I do want to say this. Coming to that, right? Because it's beyond just toxicity. It's a um, part of our culture that we force our girls to grow up faster and we baby our boys. Not in my house. As much as I love my baby boy, as much as I adore him, he is my little gordito chonchito. I fucking love that kid. But you wash your own damn dishes too. If your sister's got to wash dishes, so do you. Yeah. You got to clean up your room. You got to, I will, I have no problem doing their laundry if I'm doing it for everybody, yeah. but you are, I am not going to make Camila fold something or have her help me do laundry while Benjamin sits on his ass. Mm-mm. You got me messed up. Cause you know what that raises? That raises man babies. And yeah. this is where you get into these relationships. And I know I've been in one where it's like, you feel like you're raising a third child and it's considered cute. Cause it's like, oh, he's a man. He just doesn't know how to do oh, anything. He's a no, mama's boy. Let's raise our ba- Let's raise our boys to do better. 
All right, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little episode and our very long rants on, <laughs> on pregnancy and babies and body counts. And I mean, this episode and is crazy. Six. I love it. We can't wait to chat with you guys next we week. We have a fucking good ass episode next I'm week. I'm so excited. We are doing a part two to our first episode. Husband edition. Oh, being a good teammate, numero dos. Yep, this one's gonna be really good. I'm super excited to get them on the podcast. We're bringing on the fellas. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Messy Buns Coffee Runs. Runs. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace.